Welcome to Manager Tools. Today's topic, change leadership. What's my visual? Part two. Today, we conclude our conversation on change leadership and the use of visuals. Before we go on, though, I need to note that although we've identified the source of the issue and won't have this in the future, I don't think, there will be times when you'll hear a slight echo in my voice. I apologize. I know it's annoying. And um, again, I think we figure out what it is and you shouldn't have to live with it in the future. All right. With that, here we go with the show. Okay, so now we would like to share some real-world examples from our experiences that hit home runs in terms of the persuasion and and then ultimately led to successful change efforts. And when you see it happen, there are people who'd said, I, I remember one particular person in Omaha said, why did this one go better? And I said, well, what do you think was different? He said, well, I'll tell you that first briefing was weird. I said, yep, that's what it was. He says, man, that just seems wrong. I said, yeah, I know. But that's the way it works. <laughs> hmm. So the first ones, it's it's not my favorite, but it's a but it's a very cool one. I think we call it the directs videos. We were training about two hundred and fifty managers at all levels, several levels, uh, in a large agricultural products company. The company produced food products for other manufacturers in, in a large way would be, some people would say it's potentially a commodity business. And it felt like it was losing the commodity price war that it was in. It was seeing its ability to, play, to pay its employees get less, uh, get reduced. And it was worried that it had to find a low cost way to energize its workforce. Um, a senior leader decided that if there were better communication and relationships among plant leadership and rank and file, They'd get more ideas, more traction, more chance to excel, and so on. Uh, And so they decided to use the management trinity to do so. So that's why we were there. But the GM was right in assuming that the production supervisors wouldn't like the idea. Boy, was he right. They really didn't like the idea. (laughs) Um, You know, the whole more time with my guys, I talk to them all the time. Half an hour off the floor, no way. Ask them about their families. I know who's married and I know which spouse causes problems. That's all I need to know. We're guys. We don't talk about that. We talk about fishing. Yeah. Sound familiar um, too. Some of you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but look, th- did the GM just travel around saying, here's what we're going to do? Did he believe? I mean, he had the power. He believed that he could make it happen. Did he just say, this is where we're focusing our training? No, he didn't. This is the great part. Okay. He went to all 11 plants in the division. He interviewed about five to seven managers and about 10 to 12 plant floor workers from each of the plants, and he videotaped the interviews. And folks, this was back when VHS, okay? Everybody agreed, right? Because he told them not all of the leadership team could do this. In other words, he couldn't he couldn't bring everybody to all the plants, so he brought himself and he videotaped it for the senior leadership folks. And he wanted them to hear it from the employees themselves rather than some sort of paraphrase from the boss. Hey, I went out to the plants and here's what I heard, Right. He basically had a series of set questions we worked on together, and and he asked everybody the same questions. Things like, how's your boss? How's your team? Name their kids. That one was mine. Um, What would you want more of from your boss? How well do you think your boss is doing? How well do you think you're doing as a boss? How well do you think your directs are doing? Pretty straightforward stuff. And then he did something that really was ingenious. He showed each plant the other plants comments 
there was a lot of editing done to put it all together and 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 make sure that the 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 video moved quickly. But for instance, the plat the plant in Platt, Nebraska, got to see the plant responses from Wichita or or say Indianapolis. And the reason why was because those plant the different plants were strangers to one another. He did take out some egregious stuff where people <laughs> mistakenly thought that they had a chance to tell the GM or you know that my boss is is secretly poisoning me with arsenic or something in my lunch food. And, you know, he didn't want to embarrass anybody. But basically, for the most part, none of the folks on the floor had ever met the folks they were watching. They did know they were people at the firm. And what was amazing is what the video showed. You know, when when other plants looked across, uh, um, basically what happened was they went to mandatory meetings and and uh, they they watched videos of other people talking. And basically what it boiled down to was over and over and over again, just, just to, to, to kill you, to, to just incredibly emotional thing were bosses who thought they were doing well and whose directs disagreed, directs who weren't asked for input, boss who didn't know their directs kids' names, employees who had more to offer and were choosing not to offer it again and again and again in 30-second, one-minute, two-minute bits in this video based on the answers to some very straightforward question. Guys sitting there in their in their uniform, their short-sleeved shirts with their name on them um, or, or coveralls saying, yeah, I don't, you know. I, I come to work, I do my best. I'd like to do better, but I don't feel like it, it, it gets, uh, it, you know, it doesn't get appreciated. So why should I kind of thing? And well, I don't know if I should tell you this, but my boss really just isn't a nice guy most days. Or, you know, I, I don't, I'm not going to give you guys 110%. I, you know, I've been here 25 years. I, I've get beaten up a bunch of times. You know, at, at some point I just say, okay, I'm going to focus on my family. And because of those videos, every boss, every direct realized, oh boy, this is not good. Uh, and what was interesting was the bosses had to change their behavior rather than employees. And um, they're still doing one-on-ones to this day. I think it's 13 years ago that this happened. And uh, wow. it's powerful. It was powerful. After that, it was easy. You know, the, the rest of it was easy. Everybody had seen that. Everybody got shocked. They'd gotten appealed to. And the appeal had worked. And it was all downhill from there in that change effort. Wow. Okay. How, how about in a, a more white-collar type yeah, job okay. environment? How does, how does that work? I like this one because it was so simple. All it took was a magic marker. We call this one the chart. A financial transaction processing center um, supervisor at a large bank or a brokerage house, a big, big, well-named, well-known company, basically had a problem with growing transaction volumes. I mean, actually, it's not really a problem, but but it is a problem if you don't get more people and your people aren't willing to change. Um, she'd, pro- she'd been trying to get her team to recommend some changes to the process, so that they could shave some time and therefore some money from the work product that they produced, which is, which was these transactions that they had to process um, for customers, internal and external. But the team of 25 that she had, this back office thing, were pretty much perfectionists. That's one of the reasons why they had been doing so well for so long. And they had become masters at this process. I mean, they really, the, the culture in this group among this team of 25 was, you have to know the process. Um, they quizzed each other at lunch on arcane aspects of it. Like, what do we do with Puerto Rican transfers? I remember I remember, I was sitting there one day when someone said to one of their coworkers, what do we do with Puerto Rican transfers? And the other one just went like, well, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, wow, that's like normal, not normal conversation. And a couple of other, a couple of other ones are nodding their head and looking at her, seeing if she's going to get it right. 
you know, do partnerships get treated as companies or individuals? Are the tax liabilities different for an estate sale? I mean, all, they didn't know all this stuff. And, and they took pride in it. The, these folks were good at what they did. But look, that meant they wanted to defend the process. Their expert, their power, their expertise was a function of their knowledge of a set process. And the more changes you put in place in that process, the harder it was for them to be good at based on how they defined good at their jobs. So she knew, this manager knew she needed something to get their attention. And basically what happened was she hit on it when her boss told her, look, I'm not giving you any more headcount just to be clear. And she knew that the combination of static headcount and rising volume with an unchanged process would be their death. Yeah, you see those lines diverging on the chart. You go like, yeah, exactly. Oh, I mean, look, work. You, <laughs> right? It's a work. it's a visual. It can be as simple as a chart with diverging lines that just can't be. Uh, you you can't get them to work out in your head. So and so, what she did was she sort of sort of posted this graph. Now, look, everyone knew that volume had been rising, but because there were no consequences for not changing their output, right, no one had to do anything differently. But basically what she did was she posted a giant graph at the front of the part of the office where her team worked. And they they were like on the fourth floor of this largely windowless office building in a large northeastern city. It hung on fishing line down from the ceiling from the acoustic tiles that were on the ceiling above. So most, most of them where they sat, they couldn't see the break room door anymore. It was big. It was like, you know, four feet by six feet of poster board. And for the first few weeks, all the chart did was showed the previous week's inbound volume. Not the volume worked, just the total volume that should have been done, right? If there was a backlog, she didn't show it. And, and if backlog was growing, yeah, but there weren't, weren't any consequences for that, apparently. And so she just showed the inbound volume. And, and the line was rising, and so her team started talking. The talking was like, what's she doing? And, why, you know, gosh, oh, what's she doing? Right? And a few weeks went by, and she added a new line on the chart. And it was a headcount chart. <laughs> Yeah. I'm sorry, head headcount line. And every week it stayed flat. Yeah, no more headcount to be clear, right? That's, that's what the boss said. Right. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Now, at first, she inadvertently left it blank, this flat line. She didn't label it. And then people said, wow, look, the one line's going up and the other one's not. And they, they all joked, oh, it's salary. <laughs> oh, so when you, when you say inadvertently, you mean like inadvertently in like air quotes, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. She she just put a straight line on there and then she later labeled it as headcount and then she told him what the boss had said, right? It was a little bit like water torture, right? She wanted them to note that there was a gap, right? And she's got two diverging lines on this chart, but she's not talking about them. And believe me, everybody else on the team was talking about them. And what they did was they came to her and they said, hey, that math is going to break us at some point. And basically she said, yep. And she left it at that. And then she did something else. She added a projection of vacations, sick days, holidays, etc., onto the chart, essentially discounting headcount based on accrued vacation and sick days and time off. Now that third line is going down, not just flat, but going down and, and essentially, that first and third line are hopelessly diverging. And, you know, after a few weeks, her uh, it was like eight weeks, I think, her entire team asked her for a special meeting to discuss this growing threat. <laughs> wow. And 
they basically at that point, it was easy for them to want to get involved, even though they'd have to shorten their beloved process because they could see it. It, it doesn't yeah. take much. This is this is fishing wire. I remember very clearly uh, using fishing wire tied to paper clicks, clips that she put through holes in the top corners of this chart, and then getting a ladder and uh, uh, um, hooking it over the the uh, the the runners that held the ceiling tiles and letting it sit there, you know, eight feet, nine feet above people's heads in the middle of this big open room that they were uh, working in. It worked. And it was just literally a magic marker. Interesting. Yep. Very cool. You got any more? Yeah, I got a couple more. Okay, so we call this one the industry industry clipping piles. We work with a private publishing and printing firm, and it had been losing market share for a few years, and actually like 10 years. Uh, very well run, but the founders were majority owners, had control of the firm. They were basically vetoing new ideas in board meetings when capital was being dispensed because it was private and it was their capital. <laughs> um, and this was a, a few years ago when online was booming and they basically were were nixing online stuff, too new, too untested. This was like 2002, I think. A group below the senior leadership team was worried they were losing talented young staff to other firms. And, uh, you know, they, they felt like those people were getting a chance to test their ideas in the marketplace. And you wouldn't get that, I, that possibility here at this firm, this old line private firm. Folks had tried to get the senior leadership to convince the founders, but, but really no success there. Uh, they, they were always told, hey, our reputation is sterling. You know, we are, we are the gold standard in our niche. And, and frankly, 20 years ago, they were. And these were very successful founders. I mean, wealthy, wealthy people. Uh, and the family was all wealthy. And the family was in the New York uh, um, society pages and those kind of things. So basically, uh, there was a new VP of marketing. And uh, he came up with a plan. He basically, he had had it and decided, because he was losing a lot of marketing people to, to other opportunities that got to leverage web stuff. And he's going to give it one more try. And if it didn't work, he, they could fire him. Um, he really was, you know, he'd had it. He couldn't do it. He could, just couldn't stay anymore. Okay. So this, so this was about, this was about motivating the founders, right? Not, not as people, but the founders. Right. The founders, the board, the senior leadership team, right? He had two of his team gather every press mention, every single one of the firm, every single time the press, the, 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 uh, there was coverage of the firm, if there was a clipping, like an old-fashioned clipping service, right? Every single one of them was gathered over the past three years. And he gathered them, he categorized them in only one of two ways, which is either they were favorable or they were not. And they didn't, they didn't include their own press releases, okay? And, and basically, over the three years, I, um, my recollection was it was pretty widespread. Uh, they found 240 discrete mentions of the firm, either different idea or different uh, a source for the mention or what have you. And the score ended up being 182 negative. Some were slightly negative. Some were strongly negative. Uh, there were 28 that were roughly neutral, and there were 30 that were positive. Roughly, I think I think it's about right. And they're the gold standard? <laughs> yeah, but it didn't seem like it all of a sudden, right? And basically, he wasn't done. Now, th now, you might think, okay, that's good. That's good. That's good. How can I show them that? Do I want to put that on a chart? Do I want to put that in a presentation? No. He asked for a half an hour at a quarterly leadership retreat, and all he said he wanted to do was to have an energizer for the senior team, which is, of course, in his head what this was, but that's risky to ask for that. Yeah. Um, right. 
He basically divided up the press clippings randomly and asked each senior leader to take a small portion of them and, and separate them into positive and neutral and negative. So they each have, you know, let's assume there were 10 people in the room. They each have 200 or 24 of them and they're asked to break them up into three different piles, positive, negative, and neutral. And when he got done, he said, okay, count up your positives, your negative, the neutrals, and then add up the totals. It did come out slightly different because, of course, different people were counting. But the numbers were still overwhelmingly negative. This is over three years. And, you know, again, stunned silence and kind of sheepishness and so on. And basically, they scrapped the rest of the quarterly review and started talking about what to do about the, the their apparent mistakenness regarding the firm's reputation. Wow. Uh, and, and, and so the visual was not just numbers. That's not a visual. The visual was the press clippings themselves. They had to read them and they had to put them in stacks. And when he got done, he had three different stacks. And one had, let's say, the you know, at the board meeting had 150 in it. And that stack was taller than the stack with the 30 positive in it or the 30 uh, that were neutral. Yeah. Yeah, that, that was smart, smart. And, yeah. and and he didn't go out and try to address his um, the the board of the founders by talking about being on the cutting edge of marketing or yeah <laughs> being operationally best of class. They talked about reputation. That was important to them. So he went right after the jugular, so to speak. <laughs> so. Yeah, and 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 look, it didn't cost anything. It doesn't have to be expensive. The chart, magic marker, poster board, fishing wire, paper clips. This one, press clippings in stacks. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. So, folks, if you want to excite your team, then don't be emotional about the things that are emotional to you. Be emotional about the things that are emotional to the people you're trying to motivate. Oh, sweet. Yeah, the reputation piece. Yeah. yeah. And the best way to get reputation is third-party, to, to test reputation is third-party validity, and that means the press. Yeah. Yep. I, mean, I shouldn't say get emotional. I mean, yeah, emotional. <laughs> you know what I mean. Right, exactly. Yeah, don't don't start crying. That whole although, thing. Yeah, although if crying works, you know. Okay, next one. Um, <laughs> I'm not doing th- that. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's all right. Um, send me. I'll do it. The lab photos. Okay, so uh, actually, a friend of mine, a North American quality manager for a plastics processing firm, was basically worried about the standards in the quality labs that he was at least partially responsible for throughout this company. Six plants, he had seen them all, and he was surprised by how unprofessional they looked. And he he felt like they were sloppy, and, and not just sloppy for a quality lab where the numbers geeks want to work, uh, where where you you know there are certain standards and tests that are done where neatness and exactness and 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 uh, following a standard are are you have to do it or else this, the the test is worthless but but these were sloppy even for like a production foreman's office so he wasn't impressed and he was also worried that their inspection numbers were poor and their response times weren't that good you know the problem for him though each of the the quality labs was owned by the respective plant managers and look the, look plant managers folks if you don't know it they don't want to spend money or time on their quality lab usually uh, they're worried about shipping product and they saw quality, you know, as being a cost, and that's antithetical to their efforts of being profitable. And so he wanted to show the plants that they needed to upgrade their offices, make them a show place for quality, for quality people, for quality ideas, for processes, for systems, really, and have a, a place where customers can come in and say, wow, this is, it's not a clean room, but it sure feels like it. And that's how important they feel about inspecting and testing quality. This guy was basically thinking 5S long before 
it had a name. Actually, probably that's not true, but a long, long before this firm know what, knew what 5S was. But the pro, and the, again, the problem, he's got no budget. So he, he, he just decided on his own. He had a little, a little brainstorm, a little idea, bing, in his head. And um, he decided to go out and take pictures. He took pictures of every plant's quality lab. He told me he was going to do it. And he told them the winner would get $1,000 for employee benefits and retention. So basically, they spruced up their offices and he came down and he took pictures. He sent out all the pictures in a big PowerPoint and he asked everyone to rank all the other offices. Basically, nobody got to rank their own, right? What he didn't say was that three of the five photo sets that he sent out, remember, because he's sending out five photo sets because there are six plans, um, three of them were not from the firm at all but from two different competitors where he knew people and Toyota. Oh God. (laughs) One of their customers, one of their customers now. Okay. So when a plant was voting, they were only voting on two of the other sites that this company owned and three non-company locations. And when the voting got done, Toyota came in first and the competitors came in second and third and the company sites came in fourth and fifth in every Local voting. Ow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now, look, they, they didn't send the money to Toyota, right? Um, but things did look better in a few months. Now, there were people who were a little bit angry. And he said, you know, okay, you're angry. But, you know, be angry at me, but don't but don't leave your office looking terrible. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but really, I, I don't care who you're competing against. I mean, do you really want to be fourth or fifth <laughs> compared to anybody else? Yeah, you just, yeah, it, it kind of bugs you. Yeah. And our, and our fifth point, point is we really want to talk about a synergy moment here. It's just brainstorming the forums. So the, the real question here is how can manager tools help you past giving you some examples that we just went through um, since we don't know your specific change effort or your culture or your company or your people, your role? I mean, there's a number of factors that come into play in terms of how we give you guidance or what kind of guidance we'd give you relative to helping with your change efforts. So look, we just like invite you to come to our forums on the website. It's, you know, it's under, under the blue community tab on the, uh, on the homepage. Come and post your situation. And within 24 to 48 hours, Mark or I will give you some ideas on, on what to do with your change effort to be persuasive. And, you know, frankly, we suspect that out of the many thousands of people who participate, um, there'll be a number of those who will jump in as, as well and, and give you some, some guidance. So come to the forums and, yeah, and ask. ask and you shall receive. Yeah, I, in fact, somebody sent me a PM recently saying that a private message saying they were concerned that I hadn't responded to their thread when in fact, like nine of the people had. And, um, you know, I was reminded of, of, uh, the joke about Einstein when he was a kid, not that I'm Einstein, where, uh, Einstein apparently, it's probably an apocryphal story where, he didn't speak when he was a little child until much later. And one evening at the dinner table, he, he looked up at his parents and long past the time he should have been speaking and said, the soup is cold. And um, his parents were stunned and like, my, why didn't you speak until now? And he said, up until now, everything was in order. <laughs> and, and I, you know, the fact is I didn't comment on that thread because I had, man, this person's getting good advice here. And sometimes I do comment. I say that you're getting good advice here and I don't need to. I would rather other people be in the spotlight rather than me. The, the forums don't exist just for me or Mike to comment. Uh, there are great, smart people on the forums who are there, 
you know, if not every day, every other day, offering their expertise. And I suspect if we get some threads going, some ideas going, you'll get a lot of different ideas. And frankly, ideas just from me are not as good as ideas from a lot of the people. That's the beauty of a brainstorm. Right, right, right. right. And the people on the forums, and these are these are managers practicing management every day, leading small organizations, leading large organizations, who are really sharing a wealth of experience. And, yeah. and uh, if you haven't taken advantage of that, I'd encourage you to do so. It's, it's, it's quite a resource. Um, and frankly, um, delivered by our community and not us, so. Yep. Okay, let me wrap up then. Remember, emotions, not facts, are what cause change. And too many of us try to go right from our analysis into influence, and that's not an emotional appeal and it doesn't work. What we've got to do is create some visually compelling story or image. We shared four examples with you. The directs videos where, where they were trying to change management behavior. The chart to change a team's behavior about uh, addressing changes in the process. The industry clipping piles to get the senior leadership team to think differently about their reputation. Uh, and then finally, the lab photos to show them that they weren't as good as they thought and they needed to be cleaner because their competitors and their customers were sharper than them. And then we have a special idea uh, in this case, because a little bit of a different uh, a cast is uh, come to the forums and Mike and I and the rest of the community will help you come up with good ideas that are probably pretty cheap to implement in your change effort. Cool. Awesome, awesome my, friend. my friend. Thanks, partner. Thank, Thank you. you. All right, everyone. That's it. Just wanted to mention for those of you who are not aware that we do a second podcast called Career Tools. You can find it in iTunes by searching for, you got it, Career Tools, or go to the website, www.managertools.com. You know, some of the recent shows that we've done on, on Career Tools, Greetings and Disc, using your knowledge of the Disc profile to enhance your greetings, providing input to folks for 360-degree reviews, how to handle the press, and a number of other ones. So, if you haven't heard them already, you might want to check it out, www.managertools.com, and under the podcast section, you'll see Career Tools. All right, folks, we'll see you next week. So long.